This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs with She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And on a very short week, a really quick turnaround from Washington football team to the Cardinals, we have a very special guest, someone that we are super excited to talk about. Danny Surick, a team reporter and producer for the Arizona Cardinals, is with us. Uh, Danny, we really appreciate your time on, like I said, such a short week. Um, how are you? How is it? being a part of an undefeated team. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. I didn't actually get out to Arizona. Um, I moved out like the weekend before the third week against Jacksonville. Uh, so my first day at work was the day after I'd like accepted my job before, but obviously I had to move out here from Dallas, but I tell you, starting a a new job with a new team undefeated, (laughs) it doesn't get much better than that. So life is good where I am. (laughs) Yeah. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, you were with Dallas before the Cardinals. So how long were you with the Cowboys? And, you know, was that your first kind of adventure into the NFL or were you with other NFL teams prior to Dallas? No, that was my first NFL team. Um, so I'm from Dallas. I grew up there and then I went to school, University of Missouri and came back. So my first job was actually with Fox Sports Southwest, now Bally. Um, so I was an editor, um, played like an associate producer role. I did EVS, which is like an editing system a lot of production trucks use. And I worked my way into becoming a high school football reporter, which is huge in Texas. And coincidentally, I'm from uh, the town right over from Allen where Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray grew up and I'm only a few years older. So covered his high school for many, many, many football games. Um, but that high school football reporting experience led me to the Cowboys and I had just started my fourth season. So I was just in the beginning of my fourth season when I left to come out here to Arizona. Um, so yeah. Wow. Have you talked to Kyler about your like shared knowledge of the area and <laughs> high school sports? Um, no, not yet. I, I haven't had like the one-on-one time enough to really talk about that quite yet. Um, Mostly just because COVID protocols don't allow us to have a lot of one-on-one time. Um, But that is something that I will be sure to let him know. Unfortunately, like I'm not that much older than him, but I'm just enough to where he was killing it in high school when I was in college. And then I moved back and I started doing high school football reporting like the year after he graduated. So I miss him by like a year. Um, but I think he'll, he'll be pretty excited to know that I'm from his area and spent 
pretty much every Friday night for two plus years at his high school. So (laughs) that's awesome. So what was that like? I mean, trying to transition during COVID because we've had actually a couple different um, local reporters on that made that move during COVID. And there's some of them that still haven't been able to like be inside a locker room yet. So trying to build like a rapport with players and a relationship, I can only imagine is challenging behind a screen. It's tough. And I was just thinking about that the other week of, that locker room time is so precious to get face-to-face time with guys and not even necessarily ask questions you're going to use in a story, but just kind of build a rapport with them. So to not have that is really tough. I felt that a lot with the Cowboys, but especially being with a new team, it's, it's hard to try to get to know guys. Thankfully with the Cardinals and I, and I'm not sure if this is like vaccination wise or whatever but you know it's it's known their entire staff and and all the players are vaccinated and media out there so thankfully I am able to like do some one-on-one interviews out on the field a couple times a week and do those sort of things but I noticed it's really tough when I was working my first home game against San Francisco two weeks ago and I was out on the field pregame doing some radio hits and I was sitting like standing there on the sideline I was like oh my gosh like I don't know who that is because it was the first time I'd seen these players without helmets on or without the name on the back of their shirt or jersey or whatever they're wearing and I was just like oh my gosh like and that that was really hard and so like this this past week I made sure that I was studying all the faces so during individual warm-ups I knew everyone who was out on the field Um, but it's definitely tough and it's not even just players but it's coaches that's you know those relationships are invaluable as well and so it's just kind of trying to walk around the facility when I see someone or, you know, out on the field pregame, hey, you know, introduce myself, things like that. So thankfully, it's a smaller facility, much smaller than Dallas. So it's, you know, a little easier to kind of run into people. But yeah, it's it's been a lot of uh, introductions and still have a long list of people that I need to meet. But it's it's hard during COVID for sure. And it's being aware of little things like we have Zoom interviews uh, on Mondays as opposed to being in the press conference room. And it's like little things like making sure your camera's on so that like whichever player or coach you're talking to, like maybe they start to recognize your face a little more and, you know, having your camera on is never something you want to do unless you have to, but it's little things like that that you just have to be aware of to do whatever you can to try and build these relationships. Yeah. I can imagine that's so difficult, especially like you said, like you were with the Cowboys for so many years. So like when COVID hit, it was kind of like everyone at least kind of knew you, knew your voice, knew your face, but you're in like a totally new facility now. And like, you're trying to get the lay of the land and they're also trying to get to know you, I'm sure as well, because um, like we've heard as, as new reporters come in, at least in Green Bay, like the players also want to know you because you're the one covering the team has it been, besides COVID in the building, like, has it been kind of a, an interesting or fun or what's the atmosphere, I guess, been like? Um, they obviously are the only undefeated team left in the league. And I can imagine that, like, the locker room and the building as a whole is sort of, like, rocking behind that. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. I would like to think that even if they weren't 7-0, and the personalities wouldn't be that different than what they are right now. But it's been amazing being out here people I mean the entire organization and every department you know besides just players and coaches but yes like everyone who I have met has just been so kind and welcoming and 
these players just have so much personality. And like, you can see that in a lot of videos that we post, even silly things of like asking them random questions and them debating as they're walking off the field at practice. Like you get to see their personalities and just, it's been really nice to like not have problems really getting players for interviews because that's something that happens a lot. And I don't, that's not a knock on the Cowboys to make that clear. That is something that happens everywhere with any job in any journalism field. Um, You know, people say no. And I've experienced that before, especially when teams are losing, right? Like players don't want to talk to you. They want to have a one-on-one quote about how their team is losing. Um, So maybe that plays a role, but the players and everyone coaches have just been so great and willing to talk and it, it makes all the difference. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be really exciting too, for those guys that have kind of been like the little brother in a division for so long where there's Seattle and then San Fran and, you know, then LA makes a splash and brings in Matt Stafford. And that kind of looks like they will be the team then in the NFC West. So obviously through seven games, these Cardinals are undefeated. And, you know, even before the season started, the NFC West was kind of like the division where it just felt like the toughest teams are going to come out of there. And all four teams had a realistic shot at making the playoffs. So How do you feel, I guess, sitting now about the Cardinals, one, winning the division to at least making the playoffs? Like, is that something that the team's not trying to look ahead to? Or is there actually a feeling that they are kind of in control of the NFC West? Um, I'm going to say yes to both. I'm going to say they are definitely sticking with that one and oh mentality of maybe not necessarily trying to look too far in the future because we've seen last year, Pittsburgh, started the season 12 and 0 and they lost in the wild card. So just, you know, going undefeated, going 7 and 0 is not the end goal. So that's not necessarily what they're focused on. Now, I gave you a two-sided answer because of the Zach Ertz trade, and that's what tells me that they are looking ahead for making a playoff push. To make a big move like that after starting tight end Max Williams has a season-ending right knee injury against the 49ers. To go out and make this move to get Zach Ertz on a, you know, finish out his deal for this year tells me that this team is going to make a push because he's not just a blocking tight end, he's a dual threat. And we saw that in his first game yesterday against the Texans and his ability to catch and yards after catch and still block and when you have so many offensive weapons, it leaves Zach Ertz open in the middle of the field. So that's what tells me that it's it's yes to both parts. Yes, they're looking ahead because of that big trade and the move and them really being all in to make a big push. But also, this is a hard division. And there's 17 games in a season. There's still 10 games to be played. I mean, anything can happen. And so I think especially with the Rams on their heels. Um, And you start to look at the rest of the NFC, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Packers. I mean, nothing is set in stone after seven games. Now, are they in a great spot? Absolutely. Definitely gives them a lot of cushion moving forward, but they, they really do have the mindset of being one and oh every week. And that's, what's gotten them this far. We are in the thick of football season, baby, and you know what that means. It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code PWSS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. 
The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. There's also no 15 yard penalty for this clipping. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, the Packers have certainly always like preached a very similar mindset. You can't look too far ahead. You just got to focus on winning each and every week. And I think it's just a, it's a smart mentality, like teams that are smart, I think, uh, preach that. I think it's interesting. You mentioned all Zach Ertz acquisition, you know, the NFC West, I think everyone was talking about them all off season. They just like one team would do one thing and the, uh, everyone else had to respond. And I think the Cardinals did a really good job of keeping themselves in the mix, like bringing in big name free agents, but also getting players in the draft, like Rondell Moore and Zeman Collins and like going after some like really sought after players. And I think you're seeing the sort of effects of that in their play. And it's crazy to me that, being 7-0 and still doesn't really solidify anything for them because there's so many teams that are only one loss, like you just mentioned, and anything could happen any given Sunday, one more loss, and it completely changes the entire picture of the division and the entire picture of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, any it's it's still anyone's division. I mean, these are still great teams. And I mean, even, you know, looking at Seattle, who is without Russell Wilson right now, like, he's going to still come back. Like he's not out the rest of the season. The Rams have just been killing it. Like the 49ers are not out of it. So anything is possible. And I think that is what you want in a division. You want to go against great teams and you want to go into the playoffs feeling good. Like you can beat anybody Um, coming from the NFC East. It's pretty much a dumpster fire every year out there. I mean, you look at the records, Cowboys are five and one. Everyone else is what two wins. Everyone else is like two and three, you know, so you want to be in a strong division, you know, they say iron sharpens iron and that's going to make you better. Um, but it's, it's a fun division to kind of watch and see things go down and good or bad. There's still a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. I think that's one of the challenges too, kind of with the Packers is, you know, so far through the first seven weeks, obviously they got the doors blown off week one and nobody was expecting that. And then to come on a six game win streak. Now the question marks are like, who have you played? Like you've played the lions, you've played the bears with a week O line and a rookie quarterback. Like, so this I think is the game that everybody has circled now as like a measuring stick. And I guess it kind of applies to the Cardinals as well. They've they've beaten some really good teams, but they've also played teams like the Texans and the Jaguars. So, you know, Perry talked about like, you know, the big name acquisitions and JJ Watt, of course, immediately comes to mind. I know Packers fans, whether it's the Wisconsin Badger bias or just loving JJ Watt as a player, uh, a lot of them wanted him to come to green Bay. So um, I guess going into that game on Thursday night, like what are some thoughts that you have about the Cardinals defense and how that stacks up against a Packers offense led by Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think it really helps the Cardinals that the likelihood of Devontae Adams not playing is incredibly high after going on the COVID list. I mean, the likelihood of him being, I'm not sure his vaccination status. So, you know, you have to, if, if a player 
is vaccinated, they have to be asymptomatic and then they have to test negative 24 hours apart. So his window to do that on a short week is very slim. So that is great news for the Cardinals defense. One less explosive weapon, just like DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, But we all know quite well, Aaron Rodgers can get it done with pretty much anybody. So this Cardinals defense knows that he's not easy to defend. Not only does he have the arm strength and the accuracy, he can extend plays better than probably anyone in the league. I will say Kyler Murray is pretty great at that too, but that's what, you know, Aaron Rodgers is known for and you, you, he is never out of the play. And so that's really tough for defenses to go up against and Aaron Jones out of the backfield. This is not going to be an easy game, um, but this Cardinals defense has been completely shutting down teams. I know Houston has been struggling, but the Cardinals are giving up the fewest points in the second half in the league. They haven't given up a touchdown since the first half against the Browns, and it was the Hail Mary throw from Baker Mayfield. So this defense continues to succeed on third down conversions, fourth down conversions. They're only allowing a 25% completion percentage, and they've gone up against the most fourth down attempts in the league because nobody wants to let Kyler Murray back on the field. (laughs) And the other big parts about this defense They've been without their star pass rusher, Chandler Jones, for two weeks because he's been on the COVID list. And defensive lineman Zach Allen, same thing, and they were both activated off that list today. So those are two big names that are going to be coming back to this defense, which has been succeeding still without them and finding a way to get it done. I think this defense is riding hot. They are improving at stopping the run every week. I think that they are continuing to rise. And I think that this is going to be a great challenge for them. And Maggie, just like you were saying, it's a measuring stick for the Packers. I think it's just as much a statement game for the Cardinals. Like you were saying, a lot of the media has said it's been luck or it's been the teams that they've beat, even though they're not just beating teams, they're completely dominating them and, and utilizing so many different weapons on, you know, both sides of the ball. I think this is a statement game for, a lot of the people who are doubting the Cardinals about whether or not they're real. And I think if they can beat the Packers this week, that's going to silence a lot of the doubters. Yeah, absolutely. Litmus test for both sides. I think we were talking about, obviously, Devonta Adams going down is a huge blow. Like you said, top receiver. And then on the flip side, right, you see the Cardinals getting two of their best guys back from the COVID list. Um, and I think this front is one that is going to give the Packers offensive line a lot of problems. I mean, the Packers have gone up against, I think, some of, if not the best fronts at this point in the season. They've gone up against the Bears and Khalil Mack, and they've done, you know, handled the Steelers uh, pretty handedly. And then same with this past weekend against Washington. So I think the line of scrimmage and winning at the line of scrimmage is going to be a huge determinant in this game, because if the Cardinals can get to Aaron Rodgers, then they're pretty much going to stop this offense for sure because he doesn't have his security blanket in Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams is vaccinated, so if he does clear it, maybe, but I think we're operating under the assumption (laughs) that he's not going to be there. But I think if the Packers can handle the front, like you said, I mean, they've been getting home quite nicely, the Cardinals front, but, I mean, this offense does have other weapons to contend with. So, I mean, I think the line of scrimmage is something we're, we're certainly watching for. And it's hard because, I mean, there's not a single thing Aaron Rodgers hasn't already seen or gone up against. He's probably one of the toughest quarterbacks to defend against because he can pretty much do anything. 
And no matter how little time left you leave him on the clock at the end of a game, the Packers are never out of it. So this is definitely a game the Cardinals, not only physically, but mentally, you just have to be tough and you have to be focused every single play of the game because if Aaron Rodgers catches you slipping, he's going to take advantage of it. Yeah. And then, I mean, on the flip side, then if you look at like the Cardinals offense, you know, they've got obviously Kyler Murray who poses almost a bigger threat with his legs than his <laughs> arms, which, you know, is unheard of. And then obviously DeAndre Hopkins is there as well. Um, all the rest of the playmakers and, you know, it's an offense putting up 30 plus points in six out of seven games. So, you know, now the Packers are also going to likely be without defensive coordinator Joe Barry. So it just, you know, there's a lot of little wrinkles um, what are your thoughts on, you know, how this, this Packers uh, defense can attack a Cardinals offense that is putting up some really impressive numbers? I will say, if you had asked me this 10 days ago, I would have told you I would be more concerned for the Packers without their defensive coordinator. But after seeing the Cardinals be without head coach very last week and seeing the way and, – and he found out Friday and they played on Sunday – and the way that the coaching staff was able to seamlessly fill in and still beat the Browns, that doesn't necessarily concern me as much. Just year and a half of being into COVID, understanding how to work Zoom and virtually be in meetings and all of that stuff, that doesn't necessarily concern me. Um, sorry, what was the first part of your question? <laughs> Just in general, you know, like how the Packers defense matches up because they're undefeated oh, the this offense. season when they force a turnover, but... Yeah. When they don't. Um, <laughs> this offense is, it's pick your poison at this point, especially adding Zach Ertz. I mean, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, and if teams are smart, they're going to double team him, which is great because that's going to leave A.J. Green or Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore open and Zach Ertz now in the middle of the field. So if you're not going to double team D-Hop, okay, great. You're going to throw a, a 50-50 ball his way. Well, there's no such thing as a 50-50 ball thrown to DeAndre Hopkins. It's his. So that paired with the duo they have out of the backfield and Chase Edmonds, their shifty running back with James Conner, who has just been a wrecking ball, just wearing defenses down. He is tough and gritty, makes those angry runs. It's taking two or three defenders to bring him to the ground and, and Kyler Murray can use his legs, of course, but they're purposefully not utilizing that as much. You're seeing Kyler Murray this season, his third year in the league with that maturation. He is not focused on extending plays with his legs anymore. He's scrambling, but he's being patient and he's waiting for the plays to develop and he's not really using his legs as much. They're so trying to be a little smarter and keep him a little safer. Um, I will say, I guess, in, in terms of if you're looking for a weakness, the only thing is this offensive line didn't look stellar against the Texans. Um, they've been banged up. They, they really haven't had, they've had maybe one game with full strength offensive line. Um, so right now, center Rodney Hudson is on IR with a ribs and shoulder injury. So they've got Max Garcia and he's currently day to day with an Achilles injury, but this was his second game starting um, at center. And, and the last two games, there have been errant snaps. And I, it, it might not necessarily be as much a bad snap as much as it is miscommunication with Kyler. Um, Kyler was sacked four times for like 26, 30 yards this past week. He, he was pretty banged up. And that was the most he's been sacked in a game this season. 
So I think just coming off this Texans game, it's the offensive line that I'll be really looking for to see improvement going up against this Packers defense um, because it just it, it wasn't a fully great game from this offensive line um, for protecting Kyler. Yeah, when I look at this depth chart, I'm just like, there's an explosive playmaker and there's another <laughs> explosive playmaker. And I think the one thing I'll say, though, is I feel like the Packers have to Packers defense at least has to go up against Devontae Adams every single day in practice. So there is some of, you know, talk, uh, talk iron sharpening iron. Like they have mm-hmm. seen a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in practice every day. So that's like the only thing that I can think of is like the <laughs> best way for them, right. To, to stop a guy like him, but you're right. I mean, it's, if they double DeAndre, then there's just a litany of other wide receivers or running backs that they're going to have to cover. And now Zach Ertz as, adds an additional kind of wrinkle into things and you know I think on the flip side you know you talk about the Cardinals defensive front you know getting after Aaron Rodgers the Packers defensive line is starting to really heat up this season Um, and they they got to Taylor Heineke over 10 times and I think we were just talking to about Rashawn Gary is really starting to ascend to become the 12th overall pick that dominant rusher that everyone expected him to be he had two should have been three sacks this past weekend um, and he has more quarterback hits this season than than any other season he's been in the league so far and they're going to get Preston back so I do think that you know it's going to be a huge kind of tilt of the game if the Packers can get to Kyler Murray but at the same time the you talk about him using his legs like that's he can always escape the pocket like that's the thing is you can get towards him but he's he's a little similar to Aaron where he can scramble and he can use his legs to extend a play and that's something they're really gonna have to they're going to have to game plan for yeah Kyler's very elusive um he's only in his third year and I, I think he's really made a big jump this year um in a lot of different ways of his game. And I think a lot of that is just using his legs less though. Um, That's just kind of what this organization wants to kind of do more so moving forward, really just to protect him. I mean, look, if, if, if it's the right play and it's the right move, sure. Use your legs, but he's learning. He doesn't necessarily have to, and his accuracy has just been off the charts. And his arm strength, I mean, just the throws he's making. And, and he's still scrambling and escaping. He had a play where he escaped three sacks on a scramble. It was just incredible to watch him. And and he made a throw to DeAndre Hopkins, and he had like a little smirk at the camera after uh, D-Hop <laughs> caught the ball. Like, yeah, did you see that? <laughs> um, but he's hard to defend against. I'm, I'm not really sure, like as scout team, how, how you emulate Kyler Murray – when you're pra- getting ready to go up against him in practice, especially in a short week, that's what makes this even tougher. That's what makes going to make this such a great game. It's a short week for both teams. Um, so they're obviously not going to have as much time as they normally would, not only to recover their bodies, but to really get to know the other team. I think that's something, too, to keep in mind is just watching. You know, he said he was fine, but just watching Kyler get banged up, I can't imagine that feels cr- quite great the day after a game. Um, he's got a short week, so it's, it's, it's going to be tough for them. Um, that's, what's going to make this so exciting. And two, this matchup. So, you know, Cardinals are seven and oh, Packers are six and one. So their combined 13 and one record is the best win percentage for a Thursday night football game in the Super Bowl era since 1966. 
Wow. (laughs) It's going to be a pretty good game. (laughs) Fun facts. Wow. That's wow. So in all of the playmakers in Kyler Murray staying in the pocket or not staying in the pocket, if you had to choose like an X factor for the Cardinals for this game, who would it be or what would it be? doesn't have to be a player. I feel like I'd be silly not to say defense. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind about this Cardinals offense being able to put points on the board. They've shown that they can do that in a variety of ways. I think it's going to come down to this defense and it's going to have to continue to be cohesive. You're going to have to have great coverage on the outside to force Aaron Rodgers to extend the play and let the front seven try and get to him and disrupt him um, or really be able to take down Aaron Jones. I think it was just going to be have to be finding a way to stop the Packers from getting hot. Um, regardless of having Devontae Adams, this is, this is a tough team to go against. Um, that sounds like a cop-out answer, though, as I'm saying it. <laughs> the whole defense, that's my X factor. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense. Like, we you know, we have been hopeful. It sounds like there's a possibility that MVS can come back uh, for the Packers and you know, they've been missing their deep threat. Aaron Rodgers just, I don't think the connection has necessarily been there or he hasn't necessarily been on the same page with some of the receivers not named Devontae Adams down the field. So (laughs) to potentially have the field stretcher back, even if Devontae can't go, I think adds a wrinkle to the offense that we haven't been able to see yet this season. So if there is something, you know, that hasn't shown up on film yet for this Cardinals defense, you know, it could potentially be kind of that, that deep ball. And, you know, this, would ideally be the week for Aaron Rodgers to get it connected because, you know, it's (laughs) to be without your number one receiver is already going to be challenging. Well, it would be an ideal week for him to get that started, depending on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That is fair. (laughs) All right. Well, we don't want to put you on the spot, but we do every week um, like to get a final score prediction. Um, Yeah. So the, the, the line was three and a half points uh, favorites for the Cardinals. And then, of course, the Devontae injury or the, the COVID list kind of bumped it to now I think it's six, six and a half points for the Cardinals. So I think the, I think it was like 20 or 20 and a half right before the game started against the Texans, for the <laughs> which, by the way, so they won 31 to five against the Texans. I guess that was the first NFL game that's ever ended in a score like that. Yeah, Scorigami. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that's what it was called until like our social team tweeted that out. And I was like, how is this a thing? And I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. When you are married to a nerd, they like numbers. And that's how I found out about it is Scorigami. So. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let me think. I'm going to say Cardinals 24. And I'm going to say Packers 21. Okay. Um, I think this... Uh, I hope no one on the Cardinals defense is listening. The Cardinals have had uh, like five or six games, six games uh, where they've allowed 20 or fewer points, but I'm not sure that's going to happen this game. That's interesting. Perry, what about you? I actually had the exact same score. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought 24, 21, I have the Cardinals winning. Um, just given the short week, the travel, the loss of Devontae Adams, I think like an overcoming an undefeated Cardinals team would be a, a feat. Um, but I do think that the Packers, you know, have enough juice in them to keep this close. And 
um, to be the first in a number of weeks to keep the Cardinals from scoring 30 plus <laughs> points. Um, that would be a big win for this defense. So yeah, I agree with you. That's really funny because I, um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game because I think that defenses are just going to get so gassed, you know, from dealing with Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray that <laughs> I had in my head, like 35, 31 Cardinals. Okay. And I think the Packers will be able to put up points, which they haven't done, I guess, to the extent we're used to seeing after having the number one offense last year. But I think that, you know, Kyler Murray at home, short week, a lot of travel. It's a daunting task for the Cardinals without their, or against the Cardinals without their star wide receiver. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's really <laughs> fun. I'm excited. I hope there's not too many Packers fans out at State Farm Stadium. They do travel pretty well, and we know a bunch of people that are going to be there. So, oh man, <laughs> you might hear some faint go pack go chants in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, it's pretty quiet in the press box, but maybe down before on the field, yeah, I'll be seeing all the cheese heads. Yeah, there's going to be at least probably 20, just you know, it's the thing you bring when you're on the road team. So, <laughs> it's the identifying marker in the stands. <laughs> Um, but before we let you go, we do want to give you the opportunity, of course, to promote your work um, where the listeners can follow you and interact with all your stuff, because this was this was fantastic. We appreciate you coming on so much. Uh, we learned a lot, you know, in the in the couple of days that we've had to get ready for this matchup. Oh, my gosh, it's been so fun. I'm glad y'all invited me on. Um, yeah, my, my uh, handles for Twitter, Instagram are pretty Pretty boring. They're just my name at Danny Sarek. Um, but if you head over to azcardinals.com, you can see um, on the website and on the YouTube channel, a bunch of one-on-one interviews every week. Um, or if you're interested in a specific matchup, we do a bunch of videos talking with um, opposing team reporters. Um, we do some debates. Uh, so we get to talk about some different things uh, within our department, which can get pretty heated, usually only when I'm on them, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got like some really great writers putting out articles. So azcardinals.com or anything specific for me, just at Danny Sarak. Awesome. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, this was a ton of fun. Thanks so much for, for joining the show. Guys, it yeah. was so fun. And I just got to say, what a... What a breath of fresh air to, you know, for someone who's on camera every day for work to get to do something and not have to be on camera. (laughs) Man, what a lovely, as soon as you guys told me that, like I turned my ring light off, I put my hair up. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy to make you comfortable, as comfortable as possible. And we really appreciate your time. Like this was so fun and we love chatting with anyone who talks about football, but mostly (laughs) women who talk about and love and uh, write about football. So we of appreciate course. It. I had so much fun. I would say anytime, but it's not like this is a totally frequent, I guess, matchup, <laughs> you know, like not in the division, but frequent enough. Yeah. So, maybe for the playoffs, maybe if this happens again, in the playoffs. I know. Yeah, if this is like an NFC championship it. preview, they're just, I, I don't know, guys, I've got some former coworkers who are really hoping for a Cowboys Cardinals NFC matchup. I'm sure yeah. they are. I can see it. <laughs> uh, okay, Danny, thank you. And uh, I guess we will see what happens on Thursday. Um, but enjoy the rest of your week. And, and thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Let's do some game predictions. Thank you again to Danny for coming on the show. Please follow her at Danny underscore Sarek. Um, that was phenomenal. I could have talked to her for 
another hour um, about this game. It's going to be such a fun matchup. But there are other matchups. Um, unfortunately, all three of us took the Cardinals in this game. It's a little bit hard to bet on our own team, um, <laughs> given everything we know. But full slate of games on Sunday. Let's let's make our picks, Maggie. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Well, I mean, I guess we're recording this before the end of Seattle Saints, but we are in a dead heat. 66 wins, 40 losses tied. I took Seattle. Perry took the Saints for Monday Night Football. So, you know, somebody will have a one-game edge. But, yeah, we, we're we pretty locked up. You know, every time one of us pulls away, the other one catches up right away. So I'm not even that surprised. I'm <laughs> no. not even that surprised. All right, we've got early slate. So many games. All right, let's start with Panthers-Falcons. It's actually a good game. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't. I guess, have a problem sitting down and watching it. I'm going to take the Falcons because I think the Panthers are imploding a little bit and we are starting to see the worst of Sam Darnold. It is Halloween. It's spooky season. And Sam Darnold is going to play spooky on Sunday. I agree with you. I think Falcons are home. Kyle Pitts is heating up. I am also taking the Falcons. Um, A very, very fun AFC matchup after what went down this past weekend. Titans Colts. Yeah, I, I'm riding with the Titans, but I thought the Colts put on a heck of a performance on Sunday Night Football in the rain. Um, I think that, I mean, it's hard to say they're not out of it yet, but, you know, for those like wild card spots in the playoffs that, you know, they're starting to put it together at a good time, the Colts, but I still think it's the Titans. Yeah, I just like do not have much faith in Carson Wentz, so um, I'm also going to take the Titans. <laughs> Not many people on Twitter do, so you are in pretty... He threw, like, four <laughs> passes that should have been easy interceptions. It was... Yeah, it was bad. Niners defense, to be honest. Was that rain? It was that rain. Well, you're an NFL quarterback. You should be able to play in all weather. No, I am I mean that the reason they didn't get the pits. I know. But. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, another AFC game. This is going to be an easy one. Dolphins-Bills. Uh, yeah, I think it's the Bills, and I don't think it's close. Yeah, same. <laughs> Blow them out, whatever the line is, Bills to cover. Um, Bengals, Jets. Um, I wanted to say this is going to be a good game. It's going to be fun because it'll be Joe Flacco potentially against uh, a former division rival if he does end up starting for the Jets with Zach Wilson out. But um, I I think it's the Bengals. Like, Yeah. I mean, the Bengals are showing that they are legit. They just – whooped the Ravens number one seed in the AFC that's crazy so yeah I'm gonna go Bengals as well sticking with the AFC North big matchup for your brownies brown Steelers um I think it's the Browns it looks like Jack Conklin's coming back uh their right tackle and Nick Chubb should be able to play as well um Case Keenum got the job done against the Broncos so yeah I'm gonna take the brownies even without Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm going to go Browns as well. I just don't think the Steelers have it this year. Browns are home. They'd like a nice bounce back win. So, oh wait, no. The last game was Thursday night against the Broncos. So continuing the momentum of their win. For some reason, I thought that they were on a bye this week, but it was just Thursday night football. Um, It was basically a bye. They played the Broncos. I just can't remember because I don't know what day it is. (laughs) Um, Eagles, Lions. 
This one's tough because, like, I'm not rooting for the Lions, but I just feel bad that they fight so hard and then they always come up short. But I kind of feel like that's going to happen again with the Eagles and the Lions are going to stay in it. And then the Eagles are just going to pull this one out because they need it to stay in contention in the NFC East. So you're picking the Eagles? Yes. I think I'm going to pick the Lions to win their first game this season. I just feel like this team has so much love for one another. Dan Campbell is so easy to play for. They brought everything they had against the Rams. Like gave them a real fight. And I think they deserve a win. Deserved has no place in this league, but I think they deserve a win. Unless your name is Jamal Williams, then you absolutely deserve a win. Right? (laughs) Right. Um, Right. All right. Last, oh no, two more early slate games. Rams, Texans. This is kind of an easy pick. Uh, yeah, it's the Rams. Yeah, it's definitely the Rams. I mean, not even close. Um, 49ers, Bears. You know, the line for the over under for this is like 39. Like, nobody has any faith, faith in these two offenses to score points. I like, I feel so bad for Justin Fields, man. Like, his O-line, there's nothing good going on for his development. And if the Bears were smart, I know that you want him to be able to like play through growing pains and take some of these lessons, quote-unquote. But dude's going to get hurt. I'm taking the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers also. Matt Nagy's not coaching. It's probably better for the Bears. But at this <laughs> point, I'm waiting for that man to be fired. I know as Packer fans, like you want them to keep around incompetence. But it's just sad at this point. It's not even fun. All right, late slate, we've got Pat's Chargers. It's a fun one. Yeah, I think the Chargers are, you know, just playing a little hot right now, but the Pats have looked better. Mac Jones is looking like a potential franchise, so I'm I'm still taking the Chargers, though. Mac Jones, only competent rookie quarterback this season. Um, (laughs) Who saw that one coming? Yeah, I'm going Chargers. I'm going Chargers all the way, honestly. I think, like, Chargers and somebody else in the AFC championship game. I'm just like very high on this team right now. I think Justin Herbert's playing like out of his mind. Um, you know, it's a little, some old Green Bay players out there, easy to root for, our, our friends, the Lindsleys. So go Chargers. This is an ugly one that I will not be watching. Jaguars, Seahawks. I mean, I think it's the Seahawks. They're playing I was gonna say they're playing decently well all things considered but I think the Jaguars are still gonna play worse (laughs) so I don't the Seahawks have to be like okay I think yeah it's an easy one I think it's just easy there's no reason to pick the Jaguars right now they have given nobody any reason to pick them and it's another quarterback that I just feel for who's been drafted into a terrible situation in Trevor Lawrence um yeah I'm gonna pick the Seahawks as well they're also at home um Bucks Saints. It's gonna be a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Bucks just look too good right now to stop. Um, the Saints will give them, you know, a fight. The Saints are getting healthy on defense, but yeah, I think until somebody challenges the Bucks, it's the Bucks. I I want to take the Saints in this one. Okay. I just feel like the Saints always give the Bucks a really hard time. And like you said, this defense is ascending. Jameis can throw you a random 400-yard five TD game. You know, like he can do that. Um, And with Alvin Kamara, 
And maybe they get Michael Thomas back at some point, not for this game, but at some point this season, like Saints could get kind of hot. Um, and also I'd love to watch the Bucks lose. So <laughs> I'm going to go Saints just to be okay. contrarian, mostly because we've like agreed on all these games. Okay, let's see. We've agreed on everything but the Lions and the uh, Eagles. There we go. There we go. All right, last three. Washington Broncos. Barf. I was going to say that actually is going to be kind of an interesting game, but I'm thinking <laughs> Washington. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the Broncos. All right. Cowboys-Vikings. This is actually a game I'm really excited about. Like, I think this is going to be a good game. We've got two really explosive offenses, um, two defenses that are looking better and better each week. I'm going to take the Cowboys, but I think it's going to come down to like a one score kind of final possession game. Yeah. I think this is one of those games where like the Cowboys are clearly the better team. There's no question about that, but the Vikings can very sneaky, like put up a fight against you. But I think the better team prevails in this one Cowboys. And then Monday night giants chiefs at Arrowhead Chiefs get a bounce back win, a win they really, really, really need against a pretty banged up Giants team. Yeah. I mean, it's tough too, because like every week we're like, oh, the Chiefs are going to have to find a way to bounce back at some point. I mean, I think this is a good game to do it. You're at home. It's a primetime game under the lights. The Giants, like you said, super banged up. And then they'll have a short week, technically. And the Packers (laughs) will have a long week before they play in week nine. So interesting, but I think it's definitely a right the ship game for the Chiefs. Yep. Agreed. All right. We will see what happens. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, As always, follow us on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. The podcast at PWSS Podcast. Packs what she said on Twitter. Or sorry, on Twitch and Instagram. We are getting, I'm getting all of my handles mixed up. Um, we had our live recap of the Washington football team game. You can go rewatch it on Twitter um, or Twitch. We will have another recap game on Friday, breaking down the Cardinals game. Who the heck knows what that's going to be about, but please tune in to watch and find out. And as always, go pack up. Go pack up. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. The title is back.